Hello and welcome to the Fox Rugby Podcast. I'm Nick McArdle and from foxsports.com.au, rugby writers Christy Doran and Sam Worthington are here. And uh, a special guest this week, Fox Sports commentator, former Wallaby, former Waratah and Western Force and played a bit for the Reds as well. Drew Mitchell, welcome to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, um, just a, a quick one off the top. I'm sure you would have been up early Sunday morning watching the Waratahs. Were you surprised that they uh, managed the draw in the end? No, I wouldn't say surprised. I think, uh, you know, watching that game, um, you know, I think also Daryl Gibson alluded to the fact that they left a few opportunities out there. Um, I thought they stood up really well, um, you know, given the, the the pressure that set piece was under the week before against the Stormers and also then losing Rob Simmons as well. So I thought they, they did pretty well. Um, and sure, they wouldn't be happy with getting... A draw away, but at the same time, um, you know, two points on the road going into this weekend's game against the Hagaros isn't necessarily a bad position to be in. Yeah, is that what you want to see? You know, more so even than polished performances early in the season, Drew, just that character and, and I guess the fitness levels um, as well, because they're pretty important building blocks to a successful team, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, last year, probably the last few seasons, really, Waratahs have probably been guilty of losing those games in the tight. And, uh, and not coming away with any points or anything to show for their for their work. Um, whereas in the last two weeks, we saw them, you know, beat the Stormers after the 80-minute regulation time, and then uh, the, the Iceman Bernard Foley stepping up and getting the conversion to secure a draw against the Sharks. So it's um, I think it's pleasing from a I guess a fan's point of view to see them really competing right the way through, and uh, you know, in these tight tussles, it's starting to go a little bit more their way. Yeah, Drew. One of the things that or Daryl Gibson was talking about it post-game was the fact that they left a few points out there and they weren't particularly happy with the performance. We, we know how good this back line is um, and they're, at times they were probably guilty of, of gifting possession away a little bit too much. When you've got so much talent, do you... And explosion and pace and... and stay, stay with us, Drew. There's a question coming. And skill. <laughs> do you, can, can you risk playing too much rugby? Um, I guess there's, there's probably a little bit of a risk there because they've got so many game breakers uh, in that back line, like you say, with Foley, um, you know, uh, Curly Beal, Israel Flower, Curtis Rona, and then you've also got young guys coming through with Piketty and, um, you know, and, and Gordon there at, at Scrum Half as well. So I think they've just got, you know, and it's something that they'll work on as the season progresses is, um, you know, their combinations and, and knowing how one another play um, and how, to, how best to play off one another as well. So, um, you know, I think like all teams at the moment, uh, no one's really going out there and converting every opportunity that they're getting. But the pleasing thing is that they're, they're converting more than they have done previously in the past. So, um, you know, I think there's certainly stuff to build on. And, and by no means would you be happy as a fan to, to hear your coach say, we're pleased with that, uh, that result, getting a draw away in the second round. Because, you know, I don't think there's any team in the competition that's playing to their full potential come round two. Because, um, you know, it's something that you just you just don't play your best footy this early in the season, but the, the one thing that you do want is to see progression in the in the way they play and the way they're combining with their teammates as well as not just in the back line, but how they're linking with their forwards, which I think is starting to, to really come through for the Waratahs. You mentioned the forward pack. Um, is it a forward pack that can win a championship? They're kind of making it work at, at the moment, but it's not a big, powerful, dominant forward pack. Can you... Can you kind of scrape through week after week and, and really get to the point of the season with what they've got at the moment? Well, I mean, the time will tell for that. Um, at the moment, they're, 
they're going well against what they're presented um, with and, and who they're up against. Um, like you say, they're, they're not the biggest uh, pack going around, but they're certainly getting around the field. They're getting through a, um, a ton of work. Uh, you know, they're holding their own in the set piece. They're under a little bit of pressure in the first week, like we alluded to, but, um, you know, it's certainly held up enough to be able to put them in a position to, to go on and win that game. Um, and then I thought the young guys coming off the bench have, have really stood up in, uh, you know, in the early stages of, the, of their Super Rugby career as well. So, um, you know, I think it's been well documented, but then you've also got, uh, you know, the experience and the size of a guy like Kobe Kepper who will rejoin the, the side in a couple of weeks. Um, he'll add something as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be one of those things that they just, I mean, that, that's their team, so they have to make it work. And time will tell whether they, they find a way for that to happen. Did you get up in the middle of the night, Nick? What were your thoughts on the on the Tars, mate? Yeah, so we we uh, I got home after uh, Super Saturday. I yeah, I in a way I thought they were lucky. They they just felt like they were hanging in for for the whole game. Didn't didn't really at no stage did, was I sure that the Waratahs were going to win it. Um, I, I just it worries me, Drew. That it, there's no enforcer in that team. You think back to 2014 with a, a Jacques Pocketer, for example, um, who. You know, it was just Cliffy Parlow. Well, Cliffy Parlow, you know, at his at his best, unbelievable in in that role. Um, can you see anyone stepping up in that role to to dominate uh, sides physically? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that um, you know, when you look up and you're an opposing player and you're coming back and say kick return or you you know you're you're attacking the defensive line. Um, it's never nice to sort of seeing that one guy that really takes your attention and then one that you want to avoid, but um, you know, I mean, I, no one's probably at this point really put their hand up to be that enforcer, but that doesn't mean to say they're not getting uh, some dominant hits and, and whacking the, uh, the opposition players behind the, the advantage line. Um, I don't think anyone should necessarily have to, you know, feel obliged to fill a certain role other than the one that they play themselves. And I think the moment you start getting caught trying to emulate a different squad um, from previous years or, you know, someone of a different role that you're capable of playing, you just start getting too far away from your game. I think they just need to, you know, really hone in on what they do well, um, work on their on their weaknesses, of course, but um, you know, just just stick to, stick at it. I don't, you know, the at the moment the six points from two games, um, one of those being on the road, and they're going up against the the Hagi Warriors this weekend. If they could finish his first three rounds with two wins and a draw, I think they're in pretty good position. Yeah, not a bad start, is it? Not a bad start this week. They've got the the Haguaras in. Argentina. Well, I'm, not, I'm not happy with that pronunciation. I reckon you can do better. You've been practicing. How do you add us? Do better. Nick, what do you reckon? You go to these pronunciation classes. Yeah, no, it's not. Really All right. Okay. okay, we'll move on there from there. But, uh, Drew, your mates with KB, uh, do you think he's going to line up this weekend? A ruby injury? Yeah, I, I had a bit of a chat to him over text last night. Um, you know, he's a little bit tender. He's going to test it out this week. Um, you know, I think the thing with sort of rig cartilage damage is, is probably just more annoying uh, than anything. Um, but they, so long as it's not um, structural and, you know, in terms of a, a rib fracture, then rib cartilages are something you can inject and, and get through the game. Um, I just told him to look at the silver lining of it. Anytime you have a rib cartilage damage, 
you could probably stretch it out for about six weeks of no contact during the week. <laughs> <laughs> and then just worry about the needles in the game. So I think this is probably a, a, one of the better injuries you can get as a, as a, as a back anyway. So you don't have to get involved in the tough stuff during the week and then, uh, and then you don't feel it during the game. Listen, just, it's great insight, great insight for any game. young aspiring rugby yeah. player. That's great insight. There's no <laughs> substitute for experience, is there, Drury? Hey? Drawing good. on all those years. Hey, um, what, what about the, the Brumbies? Now we saw them, uh, go to Brisbane on Friday night and uh, well, they got probably dished up in the areas of the game that they've traditionally prided themselves on. But we know this year that the Brumbies are trying to be more than just a, a set-piece side. They're, they're a side in transition. They're trying to uh, play in the backs a bit more and, and show a bit more flair. Uh, what's your take on how long that takes and, and will they persist and can they afford to persist over a number of weeks, and uh, and maybe if it's not working for them, should they consider going back to what they're good at? Well, I mean, I can only go on, you know, some of the things that I, I'm, I've um, been hearing, and from uh, from more reports, the preseason was largely just unstructured, uh, chaos type of training. They really didn't, um, you know, put a huge emphasis like they had in the past on their set piece, and you know, perhaps that's um, that's sort of starting to show a little bit now because that's something that they've really been able to uh, to lean on, um, you know, throughout times um, in previous seasons and, and something that's really given them a lot of uh, reward as well when they've gone to that. And it seems as though, uh, you know, it's, the, the, I guess, the reduction in focus on in those areas is, is starting to um, starting to show with their last two performances. And I don't know, I, I just think it's a, it's, I mean, I, I like their, in, their intent to go and play um, more structured type of footy, but... I mean, I said it on the show uh, last week. I think if you if you've trained and played in a, in a system for so many years, which has been so much about uh, set piece, structured footy, getting momentum off the back of that, and then being able to play, I think it takes a lot longer than two or three months in a preseason to change, you know, what becomes second nature in your your instinctive type play to then go out and play um, a more um, wide, expansive uh, attacking type of game. So. I don't know. I mean, in terms of how how long can they afford to do it? Um, I think from their their point of view, I don't think they can uh, afford too many more um, losses or performances where, you know, they're not being as dominant as well. I guess we're all expecting the Brumbies to be. So um, they'll have a look this weekend. I'll, I think they'll put a lot more focus on their set piece this weekend because although they haven't put a, a lot of focus on it in the preseason compared to other years, they still do have. Uh, one, arguably one of the better packs going around in Australian rugby um, and with all their experience as well. So they're too good a side to keep playing the way they did last weekend and I'm expecting them to turn around this weekend. Yeah, for everyone who missed that result, 18-10 to the Reds. Uh, uh, two things on that, Drew. I think it's interesting that you, you talk about the, the fact that the, the Brumby set piece, maybe they didn't focus as much on it in the preseason, but they've got one of the best scrum and set piece operators out there with Laurie Fisher back uh, in Australian rugby, so that, that's slightly surprising to to hear that from the from the outset. The other thing I think we have to make mention of is the fact that the Queensland Red side is, whilst we all think that they're probably going to finish in the in the, in the bottom half of the overall standings, one thing they're going to do really well is defend, and we saw that throughout various stages. The Brumbies, particularly in the second half, having ten, twelve phases and not really being able to to dent that. Queensland line and that pack and the likes of Rodder and so forth who, who were exceptional I thought for the Reds so. Well there was, um, what, is it, what is the stat I think it was five 
on at the end of the game. Five of their forwards are 21 and under. I think Isaac Rodder, the eldest of them, at, at 21. I was doing some stuff last night for this coming week, and um, and so they've uh, got the Bulls, haven't they? On yeah, they on, do. Uh, on the weekend, and for example, uh, Angus Scott Young was 14. In 2011, when uh, when they won that that championship, so he's been talking about how much that night inspired him. Um, you know, the the, the age Taniela Tupo, uh, he's only 21. I mean, this is a side that isn't necessarily for 2018. It might be a side for you know 2021. We might be looking at, at this side as as being you know super yeah. rugby, super rugby heavy hitters. What's your feeling on that, Drew? Oh, I just I just don't think we're in a position where we can worry about picking a side for years to come. Like, Super Rugby is um, the pinnacle of our domestic competition, and it's not... I think we're using it too much as a breeding ground now. Um, but are they... You know, uh, do you think they are... I'm not suggesting that they're consciously picking this side with a view to years down the track. I, I, I think Brad Thorne's probably picking the best side that he can at the yeah, moment. Of course. But, but, I, but I just think it, it, it's, it's too much... But it's also the best side that they've recruited in the off-season as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in a, in a way, it's what they've um, gone out and selected themselves. I just think, um, yeah, we, we just need we need to be not... I mean, of course, you've got to have a succession plan. You've got to be thinking about, you know, years to come and developing players. But when the bulk of your, your team is, um, you know, is, is sort of first-time Super Rugby players or, or maybe just, a, just into their second season, um, I know. I just think our focus needs to be a little bit more on just, uh, you know, competing in the now and not necessarily setting up for, like you said, in 2020 or 2021. Mm. It's interesting. Just back back to the Brumbies uh, quickly. They're in a, a. It's only two rounds in, but uh, they haven't played well at all, have they? They only just sort of scraped past the Sunwolves, and they were let's face it, pretty awful against um, the Reds. And I just just think it come back comes back to that uh, mentality that they've got last season. Everyone wrote them off, and they really thrived on that. They uh, talked about that a lot, that uh, that spurred them on. And this this season, everyone's picking them to top the conference, um, and Dan McKellar on, on board. And they, yeah, just, just haven't fired at all. Did, you mentioned before you, you're pretty confident that they will come right, but they've got a big test uh, this weekend against the, the Rebels, Drew. Yeah, they do. But I think also something to consider with the Brumbies is, you know, this is the third round of, the, um, of their Super Rugby campaign and they're yet, still yet to play at home. Um, you know, playing over in, in Japan against the Summers and then up at the Queensland against the Reds and now, um, you know, against the Rebels away as well. So, um, you know, not the ideal draw, but at the same time, they can get, um, you know, the, the win against the Summers and if they can turn something around, this weekend against the Rebels, then their place pretty well to then go back down to Canberra, which is, um, you know, a tough place to play. And, and also it's going to get increasingly colder down there for, for opposing teams to travel to. Um, never, never a nice place to play during the winter is, uh, is Canberra Stadium. So, uh, you know, I think if they can get through, yes, they, 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 would, they would admit themselves that they haven't played the best football that they would have hoped. But if they can get through with a couple of results and then, uh, you know, have the majority of the back end of their season at home, I think they're they're not too badly placed. Massive game for them because if yeah. if they if they lose to the rebels, the rebels skip in terms of the Australian conference, yes. and you double, only have to effectively double points. That's right. Yeah. So you're you're falling that extra game behind. Uh, the rebels can skip clear, and you've only got to finish top to make the finals. This is this is huge for the Brumbies. Yeah, I think well, I think as as the other thing that you, you didn't mention even there, Drew, is the fact that Christian Lafano came back after the really 
at the end of the preseason, after spending a couple of five or four, four months at Ulster, and 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 clearly that helped him get back to full fitness. But it's a it's a long time not to have your your, your starting ten away and absent from the side. And we're also going to welcome back David Pocock in the coming weeks. So there's a couple of really big kind of players and 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 the the, the cohesion that you're going to get and start to see with with Christian being there longer. Mm, mm. Hey, um, Drew. We're going to yep. leave you there. We've got uh, Jack Debrasini coming up from the Melbourne Rebels for a bit of a, a chat. So uh, you can step out. We'll see you on Kick and Chase uh, this week. And, of course, Matt Giddo joining, joining us as well, your, your old mate. So looking forward to uh, a bit of chat there. Um, just before we go, uh, are you, is there a confidentiality agreement in place mm. for, with The Bachelor? Can you, can you talk <laughs> about it? What's, what is the latest there? Give us the scoop. Mate, I actually don't have any to talk about. Uh, and if I did, I'd be saving the scoop for the kick and chase. Sorry, no. oh, well, <laughs> nicely snubbed. done. Nicely done. <laughs> Drew Mitchell, thanks very much. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Drew. Well, how good have the Melbourne Rebels been over the first uh, couple of games of the season? They are two from two. That is their best start to a Super Rugby season in their eight-year history. And their fly half, Jack Debrasini, joining us on the podcast. Jack, welcome to you. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. How impressed have, have you been? How pleased have you been uh, with the start of the season? This this sort of reworked team, a lot of uh, new faces, but you seem to have hit your straps pretty well. Yeah, no, it's obviously been a pretty uh, successful part of the start of the season. Uh, it's been enjoyable, I guess, both on and off the field. It's always nice winning. Um, but yeah, no, it's been good to get over to Japan as a group. Uh, to get on the, win on the road early on in the year was good as well. And also... Uh, two wins in the Aussie Conference. So, no, it's been a pretty good start, but we know there's a lot to come, and the Brumbies this week will be a tough test. Yeah, Jack Christie here. Uh, look, mate, firstly, you, you come up against a red side that plays with 14 men for the whole match, basically, and, and then you travel to the Sunwolves, and we know that they've struggled in, in, in the last year anyway. Um, yeah. How, so how much going forward you're about to play the Brumbies? How much... Are you talking down the first two wins, Christie? Is that look, what you're doing? Are you... <laughs> That's a bit rude. Playing, playing the devil's advocate, how much can you actually read into those two games? I know that you're, you're what you're, you're top of the Australian Conference, but how much can you can you read into those earlier games? Uh, I think you can. There's a lot, definitely takeaways from the games that will help us going forward. Um, I thought our defence is slowly coming along. Um, you know that's an ever improving thing. So we've been happy with how that sort of evolved over the two weeks, and I think our attack has sort of come along as well. So I think you can take away. Uh, different areas of our games in the last two weeks to obviously take forward into the Brumbies this week and moving forward. So I think there's definitely takeaways and I think the main thing is you enjoy the wins but you don't get complacent and you just have to move on to the next week in this competition because uh, it's pretty hard, it's a tough competition and every week poses a new challenge. So you can't sort of hold on to those wins and enjoy it for too long. It's straight back into work on Monday and on to the next challenge. So that's what we've done and assess where we can improve for this week moving forward against the Brumbies. Just on a personal note, Jack, you were obviously in and out of the team a little bit last season, and I read another interview that you did uh, where you credited your, your time in Japan with rediscovering your, your love um, of rugby. Can you just talk about about that uh, journey, I guess, for you coming into this year? Yeah, so obviously um, uh, the six months in Japan, I found it really good for me both on and off the field. Um, living in a foreign country by myself, I found... I had to mature a lot of it, uh, especially off the field, um, doing a lot of chores for the first time, worrying about bills and all that sort of stuff. So um, I think it sort of helped me to grow up a bit and um, 
appreciate things in life. And then on the field, I got to play with a group of guys who sort of, they worked during the day and then played and then trained with us in the afternoon and then played on weekends. And you could just see that the, the love for the game they had um, just sort of took you back to when you're playing in the school days or you're playing club footy for the first time. Uh, you're just playing for love of it um, and not for any external pressures put on you. Um, so probably seeing those guys and the enjoyment and enthusiasm they brought every day to training after working, you know, 10-hour days, uh, you're sort of grateful for the sort of the opportunities you've had so far um, and sort of the love for the game and the excitement sort of just came back a little bit. Not that it ever really left me here in, when I was first here in Melbourne. It just sort of threw a lot of pressures that I probably put on myself and external factors um, that I sort of found again while in Japan. So, uh, no, it was really good six months for me to get over there and sort of get away from Australian rugby and just enjoy different types of culture and lifestyle. What was the plan? Were you always going to come back or, or what brought you home? Uh, no, no, I originally wasn't going to come back to uh, the Rebels. That was when I left here, it sort of the door was closed. Um, and originally I was going to come back uh, in Sydney. I was going to just uh, sort of figure out my next move while being back at home in Sydney. So, yeah, originally I, when I left Melbourne last year, the door was closed and there was no real plan to come back. Right, so they were they conversations that you were having with Dave Vessels, or was it your management? Like, is he the main driver in, in bringing you back to the Rebels? Uh, yeah, so just when I came back through through Nick Ryan and um, Dave Vessels, sort of said there was an opportunity there, um, and through a few, a few more phone calls, sort of early January, um, got back down here, and yeah, was back into I guess the Rebel environment and haven't looked back. So it's been really good. Yeah, no, you're making the most of it. There's no doubt about that. Jack, I'm going to ask you a question that I think uh, a lot of Rebels players have, have been asked, and, and it's almost an automatic response. So I'll see how you go. But so, so the question is, with all those force players coming in and, and how it's been coming together as a group, and, and when someone asks uh, one of the Rebels that, they go, oh, you know, it's great, it's great. It's almost like without thinking, oh, it's been fantastic. But for you to lose a good mate in Nick Sturzacker, you uh, shared a house together, James Hansen, who was one of the, the real cultural leaders at, at the team. Now, he was moved on as well. I, I'm just wondering... Was there ever a time where you ever felt some uh, resentment about this influx of players or there was ever a time where the incumbent Rebels found it you know, a little bit difficult to accept this new wave of players coming in or has it been you know, sort of hunky-dory from, from day one? Well, see, I guess the beauty of when I sort of came in around uh, middle of June, all that sort of stuff had been gelled and when I, I walked into a group that was I guess just Rebels players not forced and Rebels so it's hard to say how um, if there was any resentment at the start I guess that early October November period and how the gelling process was but um, all I can speak for was when I came in um, it was just the Rebels team and David obviously done well to gel the guys in the pre-season pre-Christmas and um, I think they had a trip over Japan as well so um, yeah they obviously did well enough to blend it as quick as possible it would be quite tough blending pretty much two teams together so yeah when I came in um, they were pretty much just rebels so it's hard to speak on I guess resentment because I wasn't really around for the whole time yeah because it just looks like everyone is this complete unit now I mean to to the outsider it just looks like Dave's done an incredible job yeah I think um, I think he's probably touched everyone I guess on a personal level he's really connected to his people um, to sort of find out their why's and why we play football. And um, 
you sort of get to know people pretty quick through stories and um, all the challenges each individual has uh, faced in life, and I think that connects you pretty quickly. So I think he's done a good job to connect us outside of football, which obviously helps when you're on the football field. Uh, Jack, just just back to, to, to Nick Sturzak. Clearly, for the last couple of years, he'd been injured a lot, and uh, yep. he, he also was in and out of the side. Having someone... Was that difficult to see him? Because you were living with him, and, and clearly he ends up leaving the club and you come back. Like, how... Was that difficult to see him go? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, he's been a big part of the Rebels the last couple of years. He captained the side. Um, so, you know, it's tough to see him leave, but I think he's, uh, I would say he's in a better place now in um, England and he's got an opportunity over there, so I'm sure he'll take it with both hands. But, yeah, it's always, you know, sad to see players that have represented the club for a long time leave. Um, you know, everyone sort of hopes to be a one-club player. So I think it was quite sad to see him leave, but I think it's been good. Uh, to see him pick up an opportunity over in uh, England. So I'm, I'm sure he'll go really well. And from your former halfback to your, your current uh, halfback, Jack, uh, firstly, thoughts on Will Guinea's new haircut, and then sec- <laughs> secondly, just his um, his influence around the group. I think he had a fractured back at one stage, which <laughs> sounded pretty bad, and then uh, next thing he was man of the match. Um, just what's his influence been like uh, around the group? Yeah, I think... Um Haircut question I first. Maybe trying to hold. I think he might be trying to hold on to his youth a little bit. Maybe he watched Black <laughs> Panther and saw the villain from, from that. I don't know. Um, uh, it's more. It's more Millie Vanilli than Black Panther. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. No, I, I quite enjoy it. I think it. Um, it's a good conversation starter. And he tries to. He tries to have it in different variations every now and then. He changes it up every day. It's up or down or you know different coloured hairbands. But that's no, quite good. I, I quite enjoy it. The old hipster. Um, and then, um, yeah, obviously, you know, he's a class player. I think between him and uh, Dane Halapetti, they've really uh, sort of helped me, I feel like, probably just focus on my game a bit. And they've sort of taken a lot of the, I guess, pressure and stress of game management and game control. And we're sort of sharing it rather than, I guess, in the past, I've had to, or I've probably put a lot of pressure on myself to control everything where, you know, those two have been really good old heads. Um, and very experienced and talented players that have just have helped me a lot and probably just made me um, focus on my job and that's probably uh, why things are going so well at the moment. Sort of we're just sharing the role and trying to help each other through that game management um, sort of role. So no, it's been really good with those two. Yeah, it's certainly showing on the field. So this weekend uh, you've got the uh, you got the Brumbies. Funnily enough, last year was your, your sole win. Um, throughout the year, and already you, you've gone past that, and you've got two on the belt. So, the the Brumbies they'll be singing after losing to the Reds last week. Uh, clearly, they've tried to change how they play the game as well. So, do you do you think that it's going to be a different Brumby side than what you faced last year? Um, yeah, well, I think you know they were they still are a quality side. They've got so many Wallabies in their team. Um, you know, they got a big forward pack, and Christian and Joel. Uh, Joe Powell run them around the field very efficiently and well. So they're going to be a strong team to beat. Um, they'll be physical. They'll be, um, they'll be strong in the set piece. So uh, you sort of always know we're going to get with the Brumbies. Um, so it's going to be a pretty physical battle, I reckon, on, um, on Friday night with two big strong packs and then, you know, a couple of big outside backs in both sides. So no, it should be a pretty brutal contest, I reckon. Uh, just a quick one um, before we wrap up, mate. Uh, yourself and, and Reese Hodge um, 
at, at the club as well. Pretty huge boots for the two of you. Who's actually landing the, the longest ones at training? Is there a bit of uh, competition there? I don't know. I think Hodgie cheats because he kicks off a higher tee. So maybe, right. uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, I'll probably have to give it to Hodgie. Okay. Hodgie on the, probably, probably Hodgie on the place kick, me on the drop kick. I don't know who on the punt. That's fair. <laughs> very good. Very yeah. good. Hey, um, yeah. Go well Friday night. It is a massive game because I think if you guys can get a bonus point win, and I know that, you've, that you don't get too far ahead of yourselves, but if, if you did manage to get a bonus point win, you go 11 points clear of the Brumbies. So it's a, it's a big swing if you can uh, lock in that win. So uh, go well, and, and thanks for joining us on the, on the Fox Rugby podcast. No, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Good to catch up with Jack Debrasini. He's had a, a great start to the season with his uh, Melbourne Rebels, and we've been talking about what's in store for them this weekend. Let's take it back to the start of the round, 5.35 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time on Friday evening, and the Friday game always a belter. No reason to think that this one won't be either. The Highlanders hosting the Stormers. The Stormers' uh, last hurrah on their swing through Australia and uh, New Zealand, they've done it tough with two losses so far against the Tars and the Crusaders. Can they do any better against the Highlanders? You always get a little bit nervous uh, that last week on a, on a long tour, don't you, about how they're going to hold up, especially after two very tough games that they've had. So, yeah, the Highlanders had the bye after, you know, round one, so go go figure there. They're obviously um, doing it tough after one week, so I think they're... Um, yeah, they're primed to, to really put some points on under the roof where we always see some, some good action in high-scoring games. Highlanders by plenty. What do you think, Nick? I would have to agree with that. I can't see the Stormers causing too many problems there. Then, uh, So from Dunedin, we head to Melbourne for the game that we've been talking with Jack about, his Rebels hosting the Brumbies, Christy. Can you uh, see the Brumbies turning things around? And by their own uh, words, they were poor last week against... The Reds, and they, they can't be that poor two weeks in a row, can they? They were, and their set piece was dominated, which I think, yeah, as we touched upon and people were surprised about. I can't see them beating the Rebels, though. They are at, back at home, and I think they'll go three straight. Yeah, I, I've got a bit of a feeling that the Brumbies might be able to... It's funny that we're talking about this now as an upset, isn't it? But I, uh, hmm. I think they can cause the upset. I think we'll see a huge response. They're a very proud club, aren't they? Um, the Brumbies, and, and they were yeah well below their high standards probably both weeks so far. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go the other way. I'll go the Brums. All right, the New Zealand game early uh, Saturday evening, 5.35 Eastern. Uh, the Hurricanes hosting the Crusaders. Now, the Hurricanes fresh off the back of what must have been a pretty hard road trip to South Africa and Argentina. They are the two most recent Super Rugby champions. Um, hard to see the Crusaders getting done, isn't it, based on what we've seen over the first couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, you'd lean towards the Crusaders just with that travel factor. Um, but, yeah, the Crusaders have got a lengthy injury toll. Um, not quite as bad as the Chiefs, but it's up there. They've mm. lost Richie Moanga now as well, so Mitch Hunt will step up for them. Very capable, but not quite the same player. So, um, yeah, look, uh, I'll say Hart Hurricanes head Crusaders with that one. All right. I will go the Crusaders, just. It'll be a belter, though. Strap yourself in. Should be good. Indeed. Uh, the Reds and the Bulls. That's uh, the Saturday night game. You'll see that on Fox Sports. Uh, can the Reds make it two in a row? And a lot of focus, of course, going to be on the set piece in this one. I want to hear your tip, Nick. People are sick of our tips. What, what, do, you, <laughs> what do you think? Oh, listen, I, I Hart says Reds, and maybe Head says Reds as well. Yeah. Um, the Bulls don't 
travel all that well. Their record in Brisbane is poor. I don't think they've ever beaten the Reds at Suncorp Stadium. Um, so the uh, the young Reds engine room to, to get it done again. Yeah, it'll be interesting to spread Thorne whether he does as the season goes on, uh, you know, tweak, adjust his tactics, or whether it is just going to be um, this battering style of game throughout the season. So, yeah, fascinating to see Brad Thorne evolve as a coach over the over the year. And, of course, up against, in the coaching stakes, John Mitchell, who gave Brad Thorne his test debut with the All Blacks. So that's, that's a, a nice point. little yeah. twist to that one as well. Uh, and then uh, early Sunday morning, the Sharks... Hosting the Sunwolves. So the Sunwolves are on the road after a couple of weeks at home, heading to Durban. Christy? Yeah, the Moondogs have been pretty good to start the the season. I think that, as we touched upon last week, they're they're well coached now. Uh, They do have injuries, though, and and they were kind of battered against uh, the Rebels last weekend. Can they go to Durban to beat the Sharks at Kings Park? They've struggled in South Africa previously, and I think they probably will again, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, look, um, the Sharks, they're not actually a particularly impressive team this year. The Sharks are, I think the Sunwolves can give them a hell of a fright, but the Sharks just. All right, and uh, then we will be from Durban heading to Johannesburg. The Lions hosting the Blues. The Blues, despite uh, all predictions, underwhelming again last week, uh, beaten by the Chiefs at home at Eden Park. So uh, is it? Difficult to see the Blues making too many inroads on the Lions? Uh, I think they'll push them and they'll have no problem scoring points. It's probably preventing them that'll be the issue, but they're going to be super desperate. This is like almost must-win territory for them already um, to, to, you know, to pull out a result and get on the board. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be a fun game. Uh, I'm not sure how... What's the time again, sorry? So that's at 2.15 a.m. Might be a bridge too far, but um, <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly one uh, worth recording and, and zipping through in the morning. Correct. Well, one that you can get up and, and have your toast and, and coffee to is the uh, Hagwari. Yeah. Yeah, perfect timing, and, uh, the Buenos Aires games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's a nice way to start your Sunday. Uh, yeah, the Tars on the road in uh, in BA. Well, it's interesting, this one, because you've got Mario Ledesma. Clearly, he's mm-hmm. been the Tars and, and the Wallabies for the last couple of years now coaching the Haguaras. And uh, look, it's going to be, a, a, I think, probably one up front once again. We know Argentina like to scrum. They like the set piece. Can the Tars match them? They, they, I think they probably uh, they did all right against the Sharks last week. They, they they hung in there and they allowed their backs to, to, to post some points. So they're going to need to do that again. I think they probably will. And I'll back them by a try. All right. Well, that is about us done and dusted, I think. Uh, big thanks to Jack Debrusini and also Drew Mitchell for joining us on the Fox Rugby Podcast. And on behalf of Sam Worthington and Christy Doran, I'm Nick McArdle and we'll see you next week.